Thanks a lot for choosing this podcast for the BJSM community. The host is Dr. Christian Barton, a leading academic and clinical physiotherapist from La Trobe University Sports and Exercise Medicine Research Centre. He's the BJSM deputy editor responsible for our social media. His guest here is a keynote speaker at the October 2016 Sports Medicine Australia Conference in Melbourne, Dr. Claire Ardern. Dr. Ardern is also a physiotherapist scientist, particularly in the return to play arena. Together with Dr. Mario Bazzini from the Swiss Sports Physiotherapy Association, Claire led a 17-person team who worked on the 2016 Return to Play Consensus Statement, which is available on BJSM and is open access. Here's Christian. Welcome to the podcast, Claire. G'day, Christian. Thanks so much for asking me to um, record the podcast and for having me on today. You've been obviously had a big focus around Return to Play in recent years, and there was a recent consensus uh, statement coming out around that. Can you tell me a little bit about the Return to Play consensus and how this came about? So this came about, it was really driven by Mario Bazzini, who is a PhD physiotherapist in Switzerland. He's done a ton of fantastic work, um, particularly with the FIFA 11 plus and injury prevention, or particularly ACL injury prevention in football. So Mario has a, a conference organized through the Swiss sports physiotherapists every year and last year the focus was on return to play. Following the conference we had a half day meeting where we discussed all things about return to play and that's where the consensus statement came from. And what were some of the key messages to come from that consensus statement? So the first thing we did was to actually talk about what do we mean by return to play because For the professional athlete, return to play might be different for the recreational athlete or the the athlete or person who decides to change sports after an injury. So the first thing was about defining return to play. We also talked a lot about the differences between, say, an acute injury and an overuse injury. So for the acute injury, return to play is very much the focus because the athlete is out of sport and then going back. Whereas for the athlete with an overuse injury, the the decisions might actually be more about removal from play or at least modifying what the athlete is doing so that we can then treat that injury and then get the athlete performing to their best uh, potential. A third aspect was about the decision-making process, so how the return to play decision is made, who is involved in the decision uh, and at what points in time, Um, and and also looking at the fact that return to play is really a continuum, so it starts from the time that the injury happens. It's not just about one single point in time after rehabilitation is finished. So this planning is happening right from the very beginning, uh, and it goes through a continuum that looks at return to participation, so this idea that the athlete, no matter at what stage they are, there is always something that that athlete can do, whether it is their knee range of motion exercises or whether it's sport specific training there is something that they can participate in then they're transitioning to a return to play which might be modified uh, modified competition or it might be when they return to training and then for a group of athletes and it may not necessarily be everyone there is the return to performance and particularly the pre-injury performance level. So um, this is particularly for the the elite and professional athletes, but also for our sub-elite athletes who want to go back to that pre-injury level of performance or even improve their performance after their injury. 
And probably finally, one other really important aspect that we talked about was the evidence around return to play. So what evidence do we have for, say, the guidelines or the, the clinical tests that we use to um, help us make these return to play decisions? And in a lot of places, we really don't have a very strong research evidence base, but certainly from the clinical perspective, we have quite a lot of clinical evidence that we draw on as practitioners and clinicians when we're making these decisions. So you mentioned the continuum. Athletes often have this thing or patients have this thing about this one day where they return to play, but what you're saying is that's not really the case. It's more of a continuum, not only during rehab, but once they get back. One of the questions we had from our social media audience is that how can clinicians take the emphasis off that one day that return to play? When you have that, particularly with a long injury and has a, or sorry, a, a significant injury where there's a significant amount of time that the athlete is away from playing sport, it's really hard not to get caught up in thinking about, oh, this is the day I'm going to go back on the pitch, or this is the day I'm going to go back in the pool or on the bike or whatever it is. But I think part of the way that we can, we can, um, get at that issue with our athletes is to start talking about it really early and to start using this idea of the continuum. So we're talking about the return to play actually starting from the time that you first see that athlete and setting the small goals that we all do as practitioners along that rehabilitation path and whether rehabilitation takes a couple of weeks or whether it takes a few months or whether it takes 12 months or however long it is, setting those goals um, and really talking a lot with the athlete I, I think can be really beneficial and really powerful. But, but it is really hard to take that emphasis off that one day because that's really what the athlete's so excited, maybe a little bit apprehensive about as well. So, and There's often discrepancies between return to play at the level they were at before and return to play in, in general, and that obviously links in with the performance side of things. Is, is that something where we're maybe not getting to where we could in terms of improving their performance and focusing around return to play of that and how could we do things better here? There's two kind of aspects to performance that I see and and I'm, I'm thinking that probably our listeners might um, sort of identify with this as well. There's the performance if we look at or, or talk about metrics and measurement, you know, objective measures of performance if you like, goals scored, points scored, how many rebounds, all of these kinds of things. And we know a little bit about um, the evidence for that and there's a little bit but not a lot. So that's one aspect. But the other aspect is the return to performance in terms of perceived performance. And we really don't know a lot about when athletes feel like they get back to their pre-injury level of performance, if they ever do. Some athletes will never get back to the level that they, or never feel like they get back to the level that they were at before their injury. And some athletes will say, no, I'm performing the best I've ever performed. I've done personal bests. I've, you know, it, it's better than before. So there's, I think we have to be careful about those two aspects and particularly about the, the athlete's perceptions. We really don't know very much at all and that's an area where I think we need to focus a little bit more and that's some, one of the areas that I'm starting to look at a bit more with my, the next stage of my research. So do you think it's feasible to create some criteria around 
when return to play might end? Uh, yes. I always get a little bit scared about re- um, creating criteria just because it feels like it's different for every athlete. So I would encourage practitioners to have that conversation with each athlete that you are working with because I think it's different. And it's different for a whole host of reasons because people play different sports, people have different lifestyles, people, you know, some athletes are professional athletes, some athletes are recreational and there are different, people have different motivations for playing sport and people have different motivations for the sport that they want to go back to. The athlete who decides after an ACL reconstruction, for example, that, well, actually, I'm not so sure that I want to go back to playing football or soccer because I'm concerned about getting a new injury, but I really want to be active and I'd really like to swim or cycle. That's a different decision and a different um, decision-making process, I think, than the professional athlete who says, my livelihood relies on me um, going back to playing football or soccer and I need to do that so that I can provide for my family. So there are, there's going to be different criteria for different athletes I think. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, ACL because that was obviously a big focus of your PhD a few years back um, and just returning to performance and returning to play around that. There's been debate about whether or not ACL reconstruction should be completed in the first place in many cases. Do you think a return to play is achievable without ACL reconstruction? Yes is the short answer but (laughs) there's a lot of um, qualifications for that. So There are many, many different reasons why an ACL reconstruction is appropriate. And But the the point is that if the athlete's only reason for choosing to have surgery is because they want to return to sport, then I think we need to be really... We need to be thinking a lot about whether that's appropriate because the research really shows that having an ACL reconstruction does not mean you automatically go back to playing sport. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that when we look at the the best quality evidence, comparing in a randomised way the the two main treatment choices for ACL injury, so whether you have surgery plus rehabilitation or whether you have rehabilitation alone, the patient reported outcomes are exactly the same at two and five years after after treatment. So it's possible, and these are in this is in a group who were very active before their their ACL injury. So and they're young; they're the typical ACL population that we tend to see in in private clinics or in in our public hospital settings. The, the, the important point is that they are not the professional or elite level athlete, so I think it's a different decision-making process for that athlete than for our non-professional athletes. But the really key point is that the best quality evidence shows us that the patient-reported outcomes are similar and the return to sport outcomes are similar, irrespective of the treatment that you choose. There's also some really interesting work coming from the UK and I've been in a really great position to be able to chat with some of the guys who were involved in some of this work recently. Um, And there's a 
in the English Premier League, uh, a case study that's been published of a, a Premier League player who had an ACL injury and it was managed conservatively, so with no surgery, and he returned to playing Premier League and continued to play football. So to me that says that it's possible to have to have the return to play at the very highest level in professional sport. But the really key aspect of that case is that the, the, the team around their rehabilitation and the treatment decision and the athlete were incredibly careful about goal setting and measurements uh, and monitored that process the whole way through. And of course, the listeners will will know that a case study is not the highest level of evidence that we have, but at the moment that's really what all that we have. So we need to, I think, be building on this with some better quality research to really help us understand the answers to these questions. But I think the short answer is yes. Um, but again, it's a really careful decision-making process. And of course, we want to be so careful about protecting the health of the knee in the long term because that's really what we care about is can, this, can these athletes be active for their whole life, not just be active for their sporting career, but be active right through um, their whole adult life. All right, Claire. Well, thank you so much for your time and insight today and really looking forward to catching up with you in October. Thanks so much, Christian. It's been really cool to have a chat uh, today. And yeah, again, I'm, I'm super excited to be coming to Melbourne and to having a chat with all of the people who are working in, in sports medicine in Australia and any of our overseas visitors as well. It's going to be awesome.